0: Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, I spoke to the truly inspirational Genty Vandertuig. She shared her journey with us from moving to America from India and becoming a vital leader and innovator within local government in the state of California. Then after 25 years, she did a complete 180 and changed industries where she has now had a successful career in sports and entertainment. What a woman. If you were listening, I hope hope you enjoyed it just as much as i did and if you missed it don't worry you can catch up by heading over to letstalksupplychain.com under podcasts or under our woman in supply chain series as well What is quality assurance? SQA believes that quality is getting what you paid for. Quality is spectacular, iconic, heroic, patient safety, safe flights, and astronauts to space, Quality is worldwide. SQA has a global footprint that supports complex and highly regulated supply chains. The partnerships SQA has created over 25 years have benefited through integrated strategies, where SQA is able to support clients on an annual basis. Each year, SQA works with its client partners and their suppliers in over 70 countries, deploying a robust network of over a thousand associates. SQA understands the complexity and challenges within a global supply chain and our clients have seen that the results from SQA exceed their internal efficiencies. Annually, SQA performs 3,000 audits, 150,000 hours of component inspections and 35,000 hours of engineering supplier development. Quality is what you put into it and how great you want it to be. For over 25 years, SQA has been a leader in assessing, monitoring, and improving supply chain performance. Quality is SQA, so come and join us. You can visit us at sqaservices.com. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. This week, or last week, was a big week. I have been doing all sorts of demos for shippers, importers, exporters looking to come on the ship's platform. And it has been amazing to have some of these conversations and talk about what they're going through and how the platform is really going to help them with what they're doing on a daily basis. Plus, this week, it's tomorrow, I am doing a panel discussion virtually and live on all of our social media channels in partnership with Procurement Foundry. And I'm going to be talking to the team over at Suchi about their platform and how they're revolutionizing supply chains for companies everywhere. So you're not going to want to miss that. Go and make sure that you register. It's over on our top post on our LinkedIn page, the Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn page. You can find the registration link link there. So today I'm delighted to be joined by a guy with some real supply chain chops. With an impressive career in supply chain, sales, operations, and talent development spanning over 26 years to date, he's worked in both large multinationals and small family-owned businesses and even founded his own successful business, Solutions and Decisions. Who is it? We'll find out more after our question of the week. So the question of the week that we asked all of you because I've been daydreaming about travel. When these borders open, where am I going to go? So we wanted to ask, what is the first place you will travel to when we can travel again? And we had a lot of great comments you know here on the let's talk supply chain linkedin page as well as on my personal one i said that i want to travel to the uk to see my family and david cozen calgary alberta alex chapaval he said i would love to travel to the inside of a restaurant in new brunswick i get that totally i get that alex alvaro says iceland or norway sophia says la paz baja california Mexico. I've heard that that's an amazing place, and I definitely want to get a beach vacation in sooner rather than later too. Karina, Barcel Barcelona, Spain. Yes, so many great places, and we're so glad we could hear from all of you. We also, you know, heard from some people who wanted to just see their family. And, uh, like Alex said, just to get in a restaurant, I mean, I'm sure that there's so many things that we want to do that are, have been kind of put on hold. And so it's great to take some time out just to, just to think about what we can do and where we can go in the future. Thanks so much to everybody who commented on the question of the week. We are here every single Wednesday morning on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, and now Facebook. So make sure that you're commenting on the Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn page if you'd like to be featured on an upcoming episode. So now back to today's podcast and which supply chain expert am I chatting to today? Of course, it's the super talented Mikel Saracanta. After spending 16 years in management at Bimbo, part of the Sara Lee Bakery Group, focusing on supply chain and purchasing, as well as sales and operations planning, Mikel combined his knowledge, experience, and passion to found solutions and decisions in 2009. Their mission is to make operations more efficient, reducing costs and creating clear global company vision through his three pillars of change, grow and share. Mikkel aims to simplify the complexity of supply chain so that clients can see real operational and economic results. So today, Mikkel will tell us all about his impressive career, his business solution and decisions and the future of supply chain. But let's get to know him a little bit more. So with over 26 years experience in multinational and family-owned businesses, and 16 years of management experience Mikel founded Solutions and De- Decisions 2000- in 2009. He is very active in his local community as well as the supply chain community through CSCMP International Advisor since 2018, Director Masters Supply Chain EAE Business School Barcelona Campus since 2014, Member of Executive Committee of Ter- Terrassa Official Chamber of Commerce and Industry, Certified Supply Chain Professional by APICS. Supply Chain Pro Certificate, Level 1 and Level 2 by CSCMP. And last but not least, Accredited Certified Coach by ICF, which is the International Coach Federation. Fluent in English, Spanish, and Catalan, Mikel is a great asset to any company. So welcome to the show, Mikel.
1: Hello, Sarah. Happy to be here.
0: I am so excited to have you on the show. You and I met... Um, I think it was just last year and we were both lucky to be in Long Beach at the time and we were able to meet in person and we had such a great time just talking about supply chain and talking about life. And the other reason why I'm excited to have you on the show is because you have some really impressive experience, but also some really interesting and fresh methodology that you're bringing to supply chain. So without further ado, let's dive right in. How did you come to Found Solutions and Decisions? And what's the story behind the name?
1: Okay. So thank you uh, for the question. So it's it's, uh, my professional life started uh, in 1993. I I worked in a food uh, multinational company. It was a bakery business, a global bakery business. I joined the logistics team uh, in Spain. And then I I learned a lot there. I worked hard uh, and I evolved professionally, reaching the management team in uh, 2002, uh, when I when I got promoted to vice president of supply chain and purchasing, I worked there uh, for six years uh, as as this vice president position, till 09, when the company decided uh, at that point I was 41 and the company decided that it was uh, let's say time to stop the relation and and we finished then, so I, I need to reinvent myself and my point was uh, okay I have two options so let uh, let's find another. Uh, supply chain uh, director position, or maybe uh, I could think of uh, a, a different one. Uh, at that point, I, I got uh, to connect with a, a person that it was very important at that point, which, uh, which was my, my coach, Diana, which is, by the way, uh, she's American. So uh, uh, I discovered that I wanted to create my own professional path. And then I start creating what I'm going to offer to my customers and also uh, creating a brand. I am really very, uh, let's say, excited about creating brands and marketing because I loved uh, from the very beginning uh, the way uh, leading companies are working uh, their brands. So uh, I start to think about the name and the name was created Uh, because I I was sure that I wanted to offer uh, solutions to my customers. So a customer comes with an issue, a problem, and then you offer a solution as as an advisor, as a consultant. So I I wanted to uh, share solutions to them. But then I wanted to link this with something that uh, my experience at that moment with uh, external consultants working with multinationals was that, some consultants come, they do an analysis, they do a diagnostic, they offer you some solutions and you are not able to bring that, those solutions live because there is a, a, a gap between the solution itself and taking the decision to implement the changes. That's the very right. biggest, difficult and biggest issue. And then, so I wanted to link the solutions part with something after the solution. And then I realized that I wanted to make sure that the name of the company linked with my two. So we have in Europe, we have two surnames. You have the surname of your father, which in my case is Serracanta. So that links perfectly with the solution because it's an S and solutions start with an S. And then my mom's uh, surname is Domenic, with link with decisions. So then I I wanted to link both and honor both my parent, my father and my mother. And that's when I created the solutions, decisions name uh, honoring both surnames.
0: That is an amazing story. I'm so glad I asked that question because otherwise you never really know how you come up with that. So you took an industry gap um, and a challenge that supply chain professionals were having and that you saw in the consulting industry. And you also combine that with your family ties and being able to honor them. And I think that that it's so important behind a brand to really understand you know, the decisions to drive that name. Dri- names are just so very important. So let's talk about what exactly you do. What, what do you do at Solutions and Decisions?
1: Okay. So uh, what we do at Solutions and Decisions, first thing is that we work 100% for our customers. So uh, let's say I, I, I don't have a clue of what they need, but what, I, what, I, what we are good at is, uh, let's say, listening to them, understanding the situation which they are, Sometimes they have a, a problem, an issue. So the majority of times they call us, they have a, an issue, a problem, but they don't know uh, the cause of what they, why they are having or, or if it's, that's really a problem or that's just a symptom. It's like you going to the doctor. So in this case, we are acting as a doctors, in this case, supply chain doctors. So we are, let's say, listening to the, to the patient saying, what's going there? What's going on there? What's happening? Sometimes the problems are serviced, service problems with the customers, sometimes are cost issues, so uh, maybe having uh, uh, problems with costs, and sometimes are problems related with processes, technology, or even with uh, people and organizations. So what we do is that uh, we offer them the service of understanding, and giving a diagnostic of which is the situation, understanding where they are uh, in terms of uh, the problem, and then offering the solution, saying, okay, this is the solution we offer you. So if you implement this solution, you will get these results, and then you you can advance and solve the problem. And then they need to take that. This is a let's say a back to back working together with the customer because they have to take the decision of implementing that. If we offer the solution, and the CEO or general manager doesn't take the decision of implementing, then nothing happens. So it's not you don't implement the solution. So this is why I always say to my customers that. They pay us to uh, give the solution and the approach, but they need to commit to that solution by taking the decision because I cannot take the decisions of a company that's not our company. That's
0: it. Absolutely. And that makes, you know, that makes complete sense. I mean, if you're going to hire a consultant and you're going to hire somebody to really come in and dig deep and and take a look at what you're doing, um, you want to be able to trust those solutions and you want to be able to make a decision. You know, you're not you're not just doing this because you want to do it. You want to you're in there and you want to really be able to help them flourish as a business and also in their supply chains as well. So you have three pillars, Um, you know, in doing my research for this interview, and those three pillars are change, grow, and share. And that sounds like a really refreshing approach to business. So can you talk us through how you came to develop those and why they're so important? Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah that's that that's perfectly right so the the first one change uh is the most important and the most difficult one in any supply chain so i i always say that supply chains are So, they need to be continuously in transformation and changing because they need to adapt to what's going on in their market. So, it's impossible that the supply chain is always stable and it's always the same. That's not possible because the market is not stable and your customers want uh, different, let's say, products, services at different times. So, supply chain is about the capacity and flexibility to adapt to what's going on in the outside. I always refer here to a a quote by a a former CEO, uh, a former American CEO of an American company, General Electric. His name was uh, Jack Welch. He he always says, if the rate of change on the outside exceeds the rate of change on the inside, the end is near. So this is exactly right for supply chain. So if you cannot adapt your supply chain and be flexible enough, to make sure that you are adapting to change, then you have a problem. That's why I always say that one of the pillars is uh, making change happen and transforming. So that's first thing and answering your question. Okay, the second one is uh, grow. Uh, grow is is, is is everything in business. So if you talk to any salesman, any people in commercial side, any marketing people, any salespeople, they are driving companies, and they drive companies to grow. So if you are in a company and you don't grow your sales on a, on, on a yearly basis, then you have financial problems. Why? Because usually uh, in the side of cost in the cost side, and all the financial people know this very well, as also the general managers and also the supply chain uh, managers, executives, know that all the costs are going to be growing year after year. Everything costs more money year after year. So if you are uh, paying more for cost, and not being able to grow your business, you have a problem. So then, we should also be on the grow side, making, uh, being sure, making companies sure that they grow the business. It's not about that supply chain. It's not about cutting cost, but it's about helping people to grow the companies. And the last and, and also most important one, from my uh, uh, in my opinion, and I have learned this uh, through my 27 years of career, is uh, is about uh, sharing. Sharing is is about uh, giving and networking and connecting with many people. And that's why I love uh, to travel to other countries. and love to be connected to many other professionals, not only in supply chain, but in o- many other functions, because I don't have the answer, the answers to all the questions and all the problems that my, my customers have, but I know where to find the answers. So maybe if you are not able uh, to share and to connect to people that can help you to find the answers, you are not going to be able to to have the answers by your own. That's I, that's that's me. We are not perfect, so you need to be connected, and that's why sharing and being able to be uh, sharing uh, with uh, anyone it's very important. Sarah.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely true. And I mean, I I talk about this a lot on the show. You know, I say collaboration is the future of business. And I think you nailed it on the head with with share, right? It's not only just finding others that you can collaborate with, you know, from a B2B function, but it's also from a peer-to-peer function, being able to collaborate, being able to share ideas, being able to bounce things off each other, being able to reach out and pull them in to what you're working on and really find a solution that's gonna work for your client by being able to collaborate with the rest of the community, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That That's why also I, I volunteer myself. I'm not working as Solution Decisions, but I am also volunteering with a global organization like CSCMP, which, which helps me to connect everywhere in the world with many people in supply chain and make sure that I have some time, some volunteer time that also will help me in developing my business in solution decisions that's what i do also
0: yeah and i think you've probably also you know you started with those three pillars change and grow but i think over the last couple of months you've probably seen an uptick in those in what those words mean and how they've been impacting business would you would you say that that's right
1: uh, yes, yes, because of uh, because of what's going on in the in the world, and because of what's going on with COVID also this 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 year. So we specifically are very aware of what's going on with all these uh, three verbs in this case. Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, I think what we've seen over the last couple of months is change is really inevitable, right? And you need to be able to pivot. You need to be agile. Um, but you also at the same time need to be able to grow, right? Grow from the experience. And I think a lot of companies over the last couple of months have grown in very different ways. I think one of the ways that everybody can agree on or resonate with is the work from home phenomenon, right? And I think we've seen a lot of businesses grow from that standpoint. And so I think your three pillars are, are very, very, um, you know, right on. And, and mm-hmm. I like to see that. And I like that. I like that approach that you have with your customers. So you also talk about simplifying supply chain to maximize time and improve efficiency, which is huge. I mean, that's a really, really big one for supply chain in general. How do you go about doing that? You know, um, and, you know, because it's such a complex beast, tell us, you know, how do you go about doing that? And why is it so often such a complex beast?
1: Yeah. So, the, so uh, what 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 is real about and, and this is uh, true for all global multinationals, but also for uh, small and medium companies. So, uh, with globalization, all business have increased uh, their complexity in their supply chains because they have mm. higher number of suppliers, partners, customers uh, dispersed all over the globe. This complexity means specifically higher cost and difficulties with higher challenges in delivering uh, the required service level to each customer. So it is. It is Uh, Daily, on a daily basis, it's more and more difficult to be delivering uh, the right service to your customers, uh, let's say with uh, the right cost or, or lower cost, because the complexity is natural to the supply chains. So the most difficult thing is to simplify. How do you simplify something that is really complex? So... Uh, Which means that you need to, uh, the approach that helps us to understand this and to make this happen is what we call the lean philosophy. The lean philosophy, meaning that uh, you start by uh, understanding the value that your customer is looking for in your customer, in your your product or service. So, and delivering that value and not else, nothing else, nothing less. Then second is eliminate all the waste that you have in your uh, supply chain, which we can at this uh, at this point name as a value network or, or value uh, value chain. So and then the continuous improvement, improvement philosophy, which means that uh, perfection is never uh, gone, gone, never achieved, and then you need to improve this on a daily basis, meaning that. Uh, It's a never-ending story of uh, this kind of simplification and making things easier to reduce costs uh, by delivering the service to the customers.
0: Absolutely. And I like that because you've been able to, you know, talk about how complex supply chain is, but really bring it into a simplistic way of taking a look at it. And so you mentioned that you've been in the industry for over 27 years. And I would imagine that you've worked with some huge companies in your career, but you've also worked with some small ones, right? And I think that the future of supply chain is really a mixture of the different size companies, right? It's the small to medium size to the enterprise that really keeps the engine going. And everybody has very different uh, goals. They have very different supply chains. They have very different you know, procurement functions and everything in between. So what have you learned from each side of that coin? And how do you apply those learnings to your role and what you're doing in solutions and decisions? Okay, so what uh, first thing that that I want to share here with, with the audience, Sarah,
1: is that uh, each and every company, when I, when I go to each and every company, the majority of, uh, let's say, uh, managers of the company, they always say, hey, Mikel, uh, our company is different. This sector is different. Our market is different. So they a uh, majority of uh, executives uh, uh, in companies believe that they are in a special business, their company is special, and they are really different from others. That's what they believe. And then when you jump in, you understand what they are doing. And at some point, they, are, they have some differences. But in the, let's say in the core, in the middle, Uh, they are business, they have suppliers, they have customers, they have partners, they have uh, collaborators, uh, people working for them, and they are a business, a company, and a company is a company. So no no matter the sector you are, you have similar problems, everybody has inventory, everybody has uh, ins and outs, everybody has service problems, everybody has uh, cost problems. So my point is that no matter which sector you are, no matter which company, which maturity, which which uh, type and kind of company, bigger or small, uh, you have similar situations. So you may believe that you are different, but at some point you are equal or similar to others. So this is where uh, a, an external, like a consultant, like an advisor, coming from uh, uh, with uh, from the outside with an aseptic vision of their end-to-end supply chain understanding what do they have and uh let's say uh making a a photography and a diagnostic of where the company is uh, is very helpful to them to understand that maybe they believe that they are different but they are not that different and you can apply similar methodologies and things uh, and to improve to big multinationals no matter the sector to like uh, and also to small and medium companies, no matter the sector also. So uh, my summary here is that in the same, in the, in the same coin, uh, let's say two sides, uh, usually big companies have the resources, the talent, uh, and the issues and problems are more linked to lack of coordination, communication, or collaboration between functional areas or external participants. Sometimes they invest in technology uh, before improving processes. But uh, sometimes the lack is about uh, culture, transformation and problems in communication between areas. That's that's what they are lacking, while small and medium companies, (laughs) sometimes they are not as big. So the coordination, communication and and speed on that is easier, but they are lacking. Sometimes they are lacking talent, so they need uh, to invest in talent even internal or external, they need to invest in better processes. And sometimes they need to invest in some resources like some uh, tools. And this is maybe the main difference between the two blocks of companies.
0: And you're absolutely right. I think, you know, we we asked the community a couple of weeks ago about what their top priorities were in in supply chain right now. And I would say probably about 85% of people came back and said communication. That communication is their top priority, which I was a little surprised at, right? Because I thought, you know, maybe the hybrid model of working from home and going into the office might be a priority. I thought maybe the strategy and the globalization and, and looking at manufacturing and and all sorts of different things because I know supply chain leaders are tasked with a lot right now, and so it surprised me that communication was really at the top of that list. Why do you think that that communication is a top priority right now? I mean, you just mentioned it.
1: Yeah, and no, it's it's it, 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 it's perfect. So let, thank you for for this. Uh, Let's question based on this. So uh, my point is that. Uh, why is communication so critical and why it's the most difficult it's because we are human beings we are not machines so a machine communicating my experience with machines is that you can communicate two machines uh whatever the machines are whatever the the softwares the systems whatever because the the it people they create an interface and they can make two machines to communicate because they are machines and with whatever beeps and bits and ones and zeros, they can communicate. But with, with do in humans, it's not the, the rational, it's not the only part that you communicate brain to brain. You also communicate via emotions and humans are not machines. So communication it's much more difficult because we are not communicating we are not communicating communicating as machines, rationals, but we are have emotions. And when you put rational plus emotion in communication, this much harder, much difficult. And luckily this is the part that hopefully in the future, uh, no machine can be able to copy because that's why humans are different because of the emotions mm-hmm. and that's behind communications. And that is in my opinion, what why communication is so difficult between humans.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're, you know, obviously we need to keep the creativity and strategy that, that humans bring to the table as well. But I think that that's a really good point. And I'm sure, you know, with all of this work from home communication, um, as a priority is just being heightened because we're not in the office together anymore. And we have to really balance some of that emotion and trying to figure that out without necessarily seeing each other anymore. So I want to, I want to, Take the audience and paint a picture of how you help a customer. So why don't you give us a real life example of how you've helped a customer? What was the challenge they were having, the solution that you brought to the table, and what was the benefit they saw from working with you?
1: Okay that's a, that's a that's a good one so it's uh so keeping the the confidentiality so i'm not going to share the name of the customer but uh, but considering that have uh, helped the several customers and several markets so my the example that they have in mind is, it was they called me because the problem that they have is that uh their inventory so their stock accuracy uh, uh wasn't wasn't rel- rel- reliable so meaning that uh the products that they have in the warehouse uh, didn't match, the physical products didn't match with the products that they have in the system. So, for example, in the, in the warehouse, there was uh, 50 units of product A, and in the system, it says 75. So uh, they say, okay, Mikel, we have a problem. The, the system doesn't uh, exactly match what we have physically. So if you think about that, then uh, think about the consequences of that for a business, because the, all the decisions of a business are usually taken because of the system. So when you take a decision, when you invoice a customer, uh, when you uh, get uh, products in or get products out, you use the system and you say, okay, the system says I have 100. So I uh, let's say I sell 25. So it should be 75 because I sold uh, uh, 25. But then what happens if that system doesn't represent exactly what's in the, in the warehouse? Then you are taking decisions based on something that it's not real information. So. The customer thought that that was the problem, but we, after the diagnostic and working together, understanding why the system wasn't representing exactly what was going on in the warehouse, we discovered that this was a symptom of several other bigger problems that the company has. For example, one it was that uh, some people wasn't following uh, a procedure to to put product in or get product out so the procedures the processes uh, have uh, weren't uh, followed by people in the operations first thing then second thing that they discovered is that um, there was not an alignment between the different departments the different areas because they had uh, conflicting goals. So the goals of the commercial people with the goals of the operations and the goals of the production and the goals of other areas were conflicting between them because they haven't been able to to create, let's say, common goals for all the functions that were aligned to the uh, business strategic goals. That wasn't in place. So uh, my, my, my the solution we discovered is that we solved the problem, um, of the stock reliability, without investing in a system by using the same system, but by being very hard and very methodological with the process that they should follow, uh, changing the culture and the routine of the people, saying, "Okay, uh, you should, uh, let's say, use the system at the same time that you are touching the physical product, and not later, because sometimes you you may forgot about doing that." So do the system at, in parallel of uh, touching the product and then make sure that we align all the other areas in this uh, big uh, goal together for us as a business uh, model. So we jumped from a small problem that they believed that that was the problem. We uh, make them aware that that wasn't, that wasn't a problem itself, but a, sy- a symptom of that other things weren't working well in the company. That was how we helped them.
0: Wow, what was kind of the benefit that they saw from from you helping them in that way?
1: Okay, so that the the benefit was uh, so my, the first benefit was uh, to make so achieving measures so KPIs uh, real fact based KPIs uh, on a weekly basis of where they were. So uh, the problem with some companies is that when you don't have the right KPIs. So, and you are not measuring the performance of the, your supply chain uh, with accuracy, then you are taking bad decisions. So, let's remind about the name of the company: Solutions Decisions. So, how do you, how can you offer solutions to the customers if you are not measuring the right facts and right things to take the right decisions? That's something that we are really working hard with our customers to make sure that they have the right KPIs to measure, and this is. Uh, believe me Sarah, very tough with some customers because uh, making them aware that they are not measuring the right KPIs, it's not an an easy task. It's really something that it's really hard to convince them that they have to change what they are measuring.
0: Absolutely. And it sounds like, you know, when you're able to obviously measure the right KPIs, you're going to be able to get the right data to be able to make the right decisions. And it's very, 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 very important and impactful. So who's your ideal client? Who do you work for? Do you do you look to work with small, medium sized businesses, enterprise businesses? And are you only working with companies in Europe? Or are you working with companies um, all over the world?
1: Okay. Uh, so in the la- in, in these past 11 years, we have worked with several customers. We can work with, uh, let's say, big uh, companies and small and medium ones. We can work with local companies like we did in Barcelona, in the rest of Spain, but also we have working companies in the Netherlands, in Italy, and some other countries. So we have, let's say that we don't have an ideal client. So we work for any customer that has a, a need of our services. And uh, our recommendation to them is that, uh, make sure that uh, they don't hire us just for uh, giving them a solution and then they implement, um, they will take the decision because w- the real fact is that uh, if they hire us, it's better that they hire us uh, for the diagnostic plus the implementation and, the ta- uh, and taking the decision and implementing that. Because if you only hire a consultant an advisor like us for making a diagnostic and then, Uh, You say, okay, I'm going to implement and take the decision later. This later is really very risky because sometimes time goes by and time passes and you don't implement the decision. So let's make sure that you don't simply say to yourself, yeah, I'm going to do the solutions part, but I'm not going to do the decisions. (laughs) So my recommendation is do both, not only the first pass. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
0: Well, and that and that makes so much sense. And I'm sure with everything that's happening right now, especially with everybody working remotely, you've been able to touch and help companies worldwide because you can you can do it remotely as long as you've got the right information, which is great. I also know, like you and I were were talking before this, and I think you've also recently become a coach. Can you tell us about that and why why did you add that to your um, to what you're doing on a day-to-day basis?
1: Yeah. So th- this is uh, this is something that uh, so I I, I had uh, in, during Christmas two years ago. So I had uh, so that something come to my mind, which was so usually companies in supply chain you can work in a, in a, what what I call a triple axis. You can work processes in which uh, improving processes engineers are very good at, but supply chain is about processes. Then the second vertex is uh, tools, technology, methodologies, and so. And then the third one. It's uh, people and organization. So uh, all the pitfalls that I have made in these last ten years with companies that haven't been able to implement, uh, let's say, the decisions of the solutions that we offer to them, because it obviously I, I had uh, this kind of uh, learnings and we, we we didn't succeed in all the customers. It's, it's true, and I learned from these uh, pitfalls also. So the problems uh be- they didn't succeed because they were uh not able to uh implement the decision and why they weren't able to implement the decision because the emotions that were behind the rational so maybe the decision they understand the rational of the decision but they weren't prepared emotionally uh to implement that and that's what a coach does so I become a coach to make sure that I understand people on an emotional basis. And when when dealing with a general manager, uh, a customer, I understand not the rational part of what I'm saying and what he or she's saying, but also the emotions beca- behind. Because it's not the same, and you will agree on that, Sarah, for sure. It's not the same, uh, let's say, a customer that is afraid of doing something. So uh, his emotion of, of, of the solution is, ooh, I'm, I have fear about implementing that. It's different that if you are, let's say maybe on a, on a different, uh, let's say emotion like sadness, that you're saying, oh, maybe I'm not sure about doing that. Or, or even maybe you are uh, disgusting with, the, with this kind of, uh, of, of solution. So you need to understand which is the solution that your customer is in. And that's what, what uh, becoming a coach has helped me a lot with uh, new customers.
0: Yeah. And I think it's a, a good addition for you. I mean, if anything, the last couple of months has shown us how important empathy is and how different people deal with different things differently, <laughs> you know, um, whether it's a challenge, whether it's, a, a solution to the challenge that you may or may not understand, you might be hesitant right, to put it into play because you might not understand every single aspect of it. And I think being able to empathize and being able to coach them through that is something that we don't see in supply chain and we don't see regularly. And I think that you've really tapped into an important part of what we need to be doing and what we need to be including moving forward Um, is the human factor in decision making so I'm I'm glad that you're there and I'm glad that you've been able to add that to the the um, things that you deliver under solutions and decisions so I want to ask you I want to ask you about the future what's next for you and what's next for solutions and decisions.
1: Okay, yeah. So this is, uh, let's say, always the, the future. I'm very passionate about the future because I'm I'm always on a continuous learning mode. So I always say that I don't know everything. So I, I love uh, learning. I'm very passionate about learning. So for sure, I'm going to be learning more and more from, from more customers and more experiences that I will have. Uh, what's next for Solution Decision is that uh, I want to, let's say we started the company uh, by becoming uh, consultants, advisors on supply chain transformation. And at this moment, uh, we are not only offering this, but also offering several services on talent development. So I want to make sure that we are uh, offering good services in talent development for our customers. So I'm very, uh, let's say, I'm very worried about the impact of artificial intelligence and all the machines, robotics, and etc. Uh, drivers, uh, vehicles, 3D printing. So all the technologies are going to affect in the next 10, 15 years supply chain a lot. So people is going to be affected. So I'm really very on the side of people. And I want my dream in the future will be, let's make sure that all the people working in supply chain and all the people taking decisions, executives in supply chain, understand uh, what are what are the technology what are the new technologies impact going to be in the supply chain and in the people in supply chain and make sure that when they take the decisions, they are aware of the impacts of those decisions and they are going to take uh, the decisions with the right information, the right KPIs and making sure that they are aware of what they are going to cause. So that's why I'm on the side of people at this point and solutions decisions is evolving towards uh, these uh, services uh, to make sure that we this uh, we make this dream come true, which, which is that we make sure that uh, people are uh, is still the biggest asset that we have in companies and in supply chains.
0: I love that. And I love your passion. I mean, your passion just comes through every single time you and I talk and we speak about supply chain and what the future is all about and how we need to take care of the people because the people are really the heartbeat of supply chain. And uh, I'm really glad that you're focusing on it. And it can't be anybody better than you, Mikel? So a big thanks again for you for joining us today. Such an interesting man with a real range of experience across supply chain. If you're keen to hear more, we have plenty more podcasts for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Head over to Let's Talk Supply Chain under podcasts, but to hear more and read more about Mikkel and this episode, please go to letstalksupplychain.com forward slash episode 138. And Mikel, where can everybody reach out to you?
1: So they can reach to me uh, at uh, solutionsdecisions.com. This is our website. And I also have a profile in the company profile in LinkedIn and also my my own profile there. So you can see me there.
0: Yeah. And we will link to every single one of those. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Mikel. Okay. Thank you very much, Sarah. Bye-bye.
1: your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from you to their door in real time. And just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at borderbuddy.com slash Let's Talk Supply Chain.
0: If you like this episode, make sure to go to the podcast page on letstalksupplychain.com and filter by category no matter what challenge you're having in your business or your supply chain, go and check out our category filter because you'll be able to find companies that can help you overcome those challenges at your fingertips. If you enjoy the podcast, there are a few ways to support the show. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can sign up for our newsletter over at letstalksupplychain.com. You can also... Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel, the SC Supply Chain TV. Next, ships.com. We are fully launched. So if you are an importer or an exporter that look that are looking to, you know, really streamline what you're doing on the air freight and ocean freight side, one login, you know, one vendor, not multiple vendors for multiple different freight forwarders, making it so much easier, putting it into an online platform so that you can do better business and much easier business with freight forwarders, then go to ships.com, that's ship so that you will not miss out on this opportunity. You can also find some really cool merch and uh, purchase our exclusive supply chain dictionary in our shop over at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash shop. And don't forget to rate us and give us a review over on Apple Podcasts, especially if you would like to be featured on an upcoming episode. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.